Hey everybody, we are super pleased to announce our new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. The goal? Power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. And the best part? Marvel Strike Force just reached its six-year anniversary, which means free stuff when you sign up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. Just complete each event, and you'll receive special awards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and every week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. If we have received a unique promo code for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Again, anybody uses that code, it is unique for all new users. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Board Gamers Zone. It's the podcast of board gamers in the insane fun we have at the table together. This is episode 250, BGA's Top 100 2019. And here's Chris. And Anthony. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. We are talking about our Top 100 games yet again. Yes. Yes. And what has become an annual tradition, we spent many, 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 many hours building a top 100 list i remember when we hit episode 100 it was such a historic feat and the opportunity to do a top 100 on episode 100 seemed like a dream come true and now here we are episode 250 and i'm exhausted doing a top 100 (laughs) list yeah i mean how many have we done now this is the third time right this is the third one. I think we worked ourselves into a even 50. We'll do a top 100. So it's going to be a once a year kind of thing these days. Yeah, my hope is the longer we go, it'll start to settle a little bit. Because mine has changed fairly dramatically every time. We'll get into all that. But just the amount of turnover from certain games just not getting played or new ones hopping on or whatever it ends up being. And there's a lot to, to weigh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of factors that kind of color what a top 100 list would be. You know, when you think of a top 100, you're like thinking objectively the top 100 board games of all time. And let's double check the player count and how many years has this game been out in the industry? Was it a Kickstarter? How good is the artwork? How good is the components? And in the end, it really comes down to how much fun is it? You know, does it really get some table time? Is it a quality game, quality mechanics, quality artwork? Is it fun? Is it just a lot, a lot of fun? So we will be taking a look at our top 100 and letting you know if the games on the top 100 list went up, went down, or went completely off the list. 
and especially what new games were added to the list. So if you would, join us for mine and Anthony's Top 100 list. But before we get into all that, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode, especially two of our new Patreon backers. Right, Anthony? Yeah, yeah. We uh, the two new backers this week. We just wanted to say a special thank you and a shout out to Omar and Hareki. Both of you, fantastic, awesome. Appreciate all your support. And uh, Omar, I know, already is up on Slack joining the conversation, uh, which is awesome. And just wanted to mention to everyone else, we talked about this on our last episode, episode 249, which was our listeners' top 20. If you haven't got a chance to listen to it, jump back. It's a lot of fun. Actually, that's my favorite episode of the year. This is, eh, it's up there, but our listeners' top 20 is really a lot of fun. Not to mention that we dropped a special Patreon episode. As many of you might already know, we do Patreon episodes each and every month for those who are able to back us a bit so that we can get the podcast out to you, especially without any commercials or advertisements. So we're really appreciative of that. We keep putting new episodes. So check out a special Patreon episode on your feed so that you can learn more about what goes on behind the scenes and especially that extra special episode. I also want to mention, as you know, when this episode drops, it will be the night before PAX Unplugged, and every board gamer was really excited, especially me, because I'm going to PAX. I wanted to let everyone know, we talked about this last week, we're going to have a little bit of a meetup. So on Friday night at 7 p.m. around PAX, we're all going to be heading over to Honey Grow. It is on 15 South 11th Street, Philadelphia, PA, at 7 p.m. again that Friday. I will be there. Anthony will be there. A number of our Patreon backers have already RSVP'd for the event. And a lot of my local friends from Philadelphia and New Jersey will be there. Honey Grove is a great place. They have a number of different food options out there. But in general, it's a big open space that we can stay a little bit late and just meet up and talk a bit. And then, you know, we'll decide what to do next. So if you are available and you're at PAX on Friday at 7 p.m. and you want to get together or just stop by and say hi, we would love to have you. Again, Honey Grove, 15 South 11th Street, Philadelphia, PA. Not to mention, I'll be at PAX Unplugged as well as Jason from Every Night is Game Night. So please stop over and say hello or join us for a game. All right, Anthony, so that's everything that's going on with our listeners and going on with BGA at PAX Unplugged. Let's get on to our top 100 list. So why don't you start us off, Anthony? All right. Yeah, I'm going to start it off with a brand new one right away. And I'm just going to say off the bat, I have way more turnover this year than I think you do. So feel free to, to mock me for my cult of the new. <laughs> but uh, several of these new games are not actually new. They're a couple years old. First on the list, number 100 is Nusfjord. This is an Uwe Rosenberg game about fishing in Scandinavia. And it didn't quite make my list last year, but I've gotten a lot more plays in, and it's quick, it's concise, as two resources, it does everything I love about Rosenberg in a much shorter time. That's why it made the list. So, 100, Newsfjord. My number 100 is Mysterium. It dropped five places, but is still a fantastic game. It just doesn't get as much table time, but it's still well appreciated. Number 99 for me is Onirim. Uh, this is the best of the Oniverse for me. It dropped six spaces from last year where it was 93. 
And again, I love it. It's one of my favorite solo card games, but not as much play as it used to be because uh, there's so many other games that do similar things. My number 99 is Dixit Journey. It's one step down from last year. If you're gonna, not going to play Mysterium, you're going to play Dixit Journey. Again, it doesn't get so much table time, but it's fantastic. Number 98 for me is Everdell. This is a new one to the list. It was not quite there last year, but with the expansion, a bunch of new stuff in here, just eked its way up onto the top 100 at number eight, or number 98. My number 98 is Dungeon. It's down four spots, but still a great classic game that everyone should play, especially at the price. Number 97, Sprawlopolis. This is a wallet game, 18 cards. You can play it in about five or 10 minutes. And I have played this dozens of times in the last year this is a relatively new game that's why it's new to the list but it's just so addictive and has just rocketed up my plays number 97 down one step from last year is love letter premium still gets a lot of table time and a lot of love number 96 for me is baron park this also just missed my list last year but the release of the expansion a little bit of new stuff going on there a little bit of variability to how you set up and to play through the game with the monorails Makes it much more interesting. It's hit the table a lot more. Number 96 for me, up one step from last year, is Majesty for the Realm. I just don't see a lot of copies of this being played out, or it probably would be a lot higher. Number 95 for me is Council of Four. This one dropped a lot from last year, but it's still in my top 100. So it was number 44 last year, dropped 51 spaces. Doesn't really get as much plays. Played it a lot last year. So I think that's both why it's down so much. My number 95 is Abyss. It's down six spots, mainly because it's not getting table time, despite its new expansions. It just hasn't hit the table so much. Number 94 for me is Obsession. This is exactly the same spot it was last year. I like it exactly the same amount. So <laughs> expansion on the way, though. Number 94 for me, down 11 spots, is Azul, Stained Glass of Sinatra. Um, still a great game. Still love playing this abstract feature, but... Again, just not getting a table time because there's a lot of great abstracts out there. Number 93 for me is Quadropolis. This is one of my favorite recent releases from Days of Wonder, and I've gotten it back to the table a lot more recently. It was not on my list last year. It is of this year, and it's, it's one of my favorite quick family. My number 93 down 12 points is Arena Roma 2. This game is out of print from Stefan Feld. I do not own a copy, but... It still deserves a spot in my top 100. All right, number 92 for me is Vinos Deluxe Edition. This is a Vital Lacerda's winemaking game. Was not on my list last year. Have revisited it. Absolutely love it. Been spending a lot of time with Lacerda games in general, and that's why it jumps on the list. My number 92 down eight spots is San Juan Second Edition. This used to get all of the table time, but Puerto Rico has jumped back to the table and taken over. Number 91 for me is, I think, the biggest drop, except for the ones that fell off. It's Scythe. This was 20 last year, so it dropped 71 spots. I did not play this once last year. <laughs> so I still like it in theory, but I have not played the game in over 12 months. So it's uh, still in the top 100, but barely. Number 91 is the game in which Anthony and I met over, and it's up one spot. It's Revolution. Doesn't get the table time it deserves, especially with its expansions, but still a fantastic game. Number 90 is Santorini, down 14 spots from last year. Still one of my favorite abstract games around. Love playing it with my children and gets a lot of table time, but not quite as much as it used to. Number 89, up one spot, is Quantum. Really big fan of this game. Fantastic. But again, 
it doesn't get the table time it deserves despite being so innovative. Number 89 for me is 1846, the race for the Midwest. Yes, that's right, folks. I'm in on the 18XX train, quite literally. <laughs> this is the first one I played. I played it a couple times now. It's really fantastic. Looking forward to playing it more. So jumps into the top 100. My number 88, which is down eight spots, is Kingsburg. Despite the new reprint of the game, it just does not get the table time, but still remains high on my list. Number 88 for me is Trismegistus. This one just recently came out. This is the newest one, I think, on my list. Absolutely loved it. I've played it a couple times now, and just the puzzle is fantastic. So I foresee playing this many, many more times. And probably, like Teotihuacan, we'll jump up the list further next year. Number 87 for me, which is down eight spots, is Amon Ray. I really do love This is probably my top auction game, and it's been getting a lot of table time these days. Number 87 for me is Ganshung Clever, or That's Pretty Clever. This is one of my favorite roll and write games, and it still gets a lot of play with the app, so it jumps onto my list. My number 86, which is down 12 spots, is El Grande. There's been a lot of area control games out there these days, and that's pretty much eaten up the area control space for El Grande. Number 86 for me is Orleans. This is down 17 spaces from last year. Have not played this one nearly as much as I'd like, but I am excited for the stories release that they're coming out with soon. Number 85 for me, down seven spots is Railroad Revolution. They've been talking about their expansion, reprint, upgrade. So I'm hoping this game gets to the table because it had some problems and that's why it's down seven spots. Number 85 for me is Comancheria, the rise and fall of the Comanche Empire. This is a beautiful, fantastic solo game that takes six hours. So as you can imagine, it doesn't get a lot of play. It is down 23 spots this year for that reason. Probably my biggest drop here is number 84, Kemet. It's down 64 spots. Ooh. I actually got a lot of table time with this, especially with its expansions, and it just did not flow. So that's why it jumped all the way down to number 84. All right, number 84 for me is a very similar game, actually, Inish. This one is new to my list. I had not actually gotten a plant chance to play this until this year. And after getting a chance to play it, I absolutely love it, especially with the expansion modules. So it is now on my top 100, and I look forward to playing it more. My number 83 is a game that was initially on my top 100 list, fell off, and jumped back on. And that's No Thanks. This quick kind of trick-taking game a little bit and press your luck is fantastic. Number 83 for me is Detective, a modern crime board game. Common theme with a few of these. Uh, this one fell 15 spaces. It's, it's limited amount of content. Finish all the content. Don't really play the game as much anymore. Still really, really enjoy it, but hasn't gotten any table play because I've finished it. My number 82 game was, again, another game that was on my initial 100, dropped off when it hit 200, and jumped back on. It is a social deduction game. Those are typically not high for me, but this one definitely deserves to be back on here. That's Shadowhunters, my number 82. 82 for me is At the Gates of Loyang. It is down 33 spots from last year. Not because I don't love it. It's still one of my favorite Rosenberg games, but there's a couple other games further up the list that have kind of filled a similar gap. My number 81 is yet another game that fell off and jumped back on. I don't have the reprint, but it's still a great game in the, even in the original form, and that's Yrgdysil, my number 81. 81 for me is a second edition of a game I absolutely loved, but did not play much in the second edition. It jumped up 18 spaces this year, and that is a Game of Thrones, the card game, second edition. Kind of been revisiting this one as they announced they're going to wrap up the content soon, and 
finding that I still love it. My number 80 game is a game that was not on the list initially. I got a chance to get a couple plays in and really do enjoy it a lot. That is Skullville, my number 80. All right, number 80 for me is the Battle of Five Armies. This is the slightly shorter Hobbit version of War of the Ring. It is just as fantastic, much more tactical, a lot of fun, jumps onto my list, having finally gotten a chance to get this into the table. My number 79 game is down 33 spots, probably mostly because it is non-existent, at least until the Kickstarter comes out, and that is Smartphone Inc. My number's 79. Number 79 here is Star Wars Destiny. Fell 37 spots from last year. Not only is I'm, am I not playing it as much, but the meta combined with some of the new mechanics just really aren't clicking quite as much for me as the early game did, which I absolutely loved. So hoping to come back to this, but it is just not seeing where the table time that it could. My number 78, which is down 17 spots, is Coimbra. Love this game, but it always needed an expansion and just did not get one. Number 78 for me is Space Core. This is a new GMT game that just is a fantastic replication and simulation of space travel. And one of my favorite plays of last year, if I could get this on the table more, I think it would go even higher. But this is a new one, and I'm looking forward to playing it a little bit more. My number 77 is down 17 spots. That's Aquasphere. Still a lot of fun, but not so much table time. All right, number 77 for me is Black Angel. This is the sci-fi space, many, many mechanics thrown on top of Twa from Asmodee. And it was, was my big, most anticipated game of the year. It did not disappoint for me. I absolutely love it. It's moving up the list consistently as I get to play it more and more. My number 76 game is down four spots, and that's Tokaido. With its many expansions, it's definitely getting table time. Number 76 for me is Manhattan Project Energy Empire. It's down 41 spots from last year. And I think that's just because there's a lot of really good midweight euros out there and some heavier stuff I'm getting to the table lately. My number 75 game is down 22 spots. That's Caverna. Cave versus Cave, probably because this is a 1v1 game, but is a game I still very much enjoy. Number 75 for me is Roll for the Galaxy. This is still my favorite implementation by Lehman of his For the Galaxy series, but just doesn't get as much play, and the new expansions, while they look cool, are way too expensive to get this thing back to the table for. My number 74 is down 42 spots. That's Cyclades. Still a wonderful, beautiful game, but there's so many other games that kind of fit that spot. It's just not getting the table time. Number 74 for me is Welcome 2. It is up 22 spots. I've played this incessantly for the last year. Whenever I get a chance, it's my favorite roll and write, flip and write game. And it will continue to be as long as they release new content. My number 73 game is down 10 spots. That's Jump Drive. So if you don't have a lot of time to roll for the Galaxy, at least jump and play this game. Number 73 is Heaven and Ale. This is a brand new one for me. Got a chance to play it for the first time not too long ago. You know, not last, too long last year. And it just absolutely grew on me. Just the puzzle is fantastic. My number 72 game is down 23 spots. That's Fuche Magnet. Mostly because it makes people cry. And I've played out so <laughs> much of it that I really need the expansion to actually want to bring it back to the table. All right. 72 for me is Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization. It's down 19 spots. And I think the app's done that a little bit for me. Don't get this to the table at all anymore. And the tablet itself, haven't gotten a chance to play it as much just because I did so much last year. Hoping the expansion changes that a little bit for me. My number 71 is down 28 spots. That's Caverna the Cave Farmers. I even played this recently, and especially with its expansion, it was fine. But it really didn't elevate the game much more than it once was. 
71 for me is hardback. It's, it's up 12 spots from last year. And I think part of that's just because I only play hardback now. I don't play paperback at all anymore. And this one is therefore taking over that spot for deck building ward game. My number 70 is down 43 spots. That's St. Petersburg second edition, primarily because the game's out of print, doesn't get table time, but it's still well thought of and loved. Number 70 for me is Bunny Kingdom. This is up 15 spots from last year. This one really hit a sweet spot as a medium weight game that a lot of people could sit down and play. The expansion opens it up to more players and more mechanics. Fantastic time and uh, hoping to play it more. My number 69 game, which is down 10 spots, is Kalamala. Really enjoy the mechanics in this game, but it's just not seeing the table time it deserves. Number 69 for me is Concordia. This one finally got back to the table a little bit more recently, but it's still down 18 from last year just due to lack of play. Venus, though, really, really interesting and looking forward to getting a chance to kind of explore that a little bit more in the coming year. My number 68 is down 55 spots. That's Dinosaur Island. Now, this is going to sound a little bit odd, but it's recent Kickstarter with all the expansions is all everyone wants to play, but it's so cumbersome to get to the table. And if you're not playing the long version, those expansions really don't pop. Number 68 for me is Azul. This is up 32 spots. If nothing else, because there are now three versions of Azul and lots of different options and things to cycle through depending on who you're playing with. My number 68 is down 22 spots, and that's Obsession. I think when the Kickstarter finally comes back and it you know, corrects a few things here and there, the game will jump back up. But right now, it's just a little wonky in certain spots. 67 for me is London 2nd Edition. This is one of my favorite tableau laying card games out there it is up 20 spaces from last year continues to hit the table consistently absolutely love this game my number 67 is down 43 spots despite getting a new revised version that's agricola still a big fan of it it just does not get the table time because a lot of people are afraid of those card combinations 66 for me is star wars imperial assault this is down 41 from last year and part of that is just they've stopped making content people are not excited about it anymore and while the app is great they haven't added too much to it, and it's not as strong as the Descent app. My number 66 is down 15 spots, probably because I didn't back the Kickstarter and regretting it just tremendously. That's Suburbia. Still a fantastic game. It just does not get the table time, but maybe it will with the new Kickstarter. All right, number 65, speaking of Kickstarters, Tricarion Collector's Edition. This one enters my list. Uh, first time played this year on your copy, actually. And now that I have the big Collector's Edition in, it's just as eye-watering as ever. So it's on my list for the first time this year. Number 65 is down nine spots. This is the Castles of Burgundy, the card game. Still love this game, quick, simple, and cheap as can be, but just does not get the table time because the base game got a reprint. 64 for me is Alhambra. This is an all-time favorite. Lots of new content coming in soon, but haven't gotten a chance to play it much lately. It's down 14 spaces due to other games filling that space but there's a lot of content coming soon. So it may bounce back next year. Number 64 for me is down seven spots and that's Goa, just basically because it's out of print despite my best efforts to pick it up. It was recently brought up in a conversation about how much we love it. It just is really hard to get to the table these days. 63 for me is the Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth. It's a mashup between Mansions of Madness and Descent and it works fantastically. Love this game, got through an entire initial campaign, hoping to play a second one. And it just kind of surged onto my list as my favorite kind of open adventure game. My number 63 is down five spots. That's Kalis. This is going to get a new reprint any day now, but it still deserves and is definitely still a great game. 
62 for me is Fields of Arl. This is a big sandbox one, two, or three-player game from Uwe Rosenberg. It's down 22 spots this year because it is decently difficult to get to the table with other people, but it is still one of my favorites of his because of all the unique things you can do in this big open box of mechanics. My number 61 game is down seven spots, and that's Macau, mostly because it's an out-of-print game that most people don't have, but really, really wish it would get more to the table. 61 for me is Iki. This is down 13 spots from last year. I was riding a bit on a high. Got a lot of plays in of it last year. Still think it's a fantastic game. It's settled in nicely in the middle of the list here, and it's one of my favorite midweight games. My number 60 is down 21 spots, and that's Orleans. With its expansions, the game really has popped. But since it hasn't had a recent expansion or even a recent mini expansion, it just doesn't get the table time anymore. All right. 60 for me is Isle of Sky from Chieftain the King. This is down one spot from last year, more or less the same. One of my favorite quick, easy five-player games. Fantastic from uh, Alexander Pfister, and that's number 60. My number 59 game is down 23 spots, mostly because it just doesn't get table time despite my immense collection, and that's Arcadia Quest. Number 59 for me is Pandemic Legacy Season 1, down 33 spots, and that's because I'm not going to play it again. So it's been three years. I played it. I loved it. And it is more of an experience than a game necessarily. So other games that get played more are going to jump up higher, but still love the game. My number 58 game is up 18 spots just because it is a crunchy, fantastic game that is finally getting some table time. That is small city. Number 58 for me is Vikings. This one jumped up 12 spots this year. It kind of dropped a little last year and then rebounded this year. And it's just kind of rediscovered that this is a very solid midweight, easy to play, easy to teach uh, Euro game. My number 57 is up 12 spots, mainly because, again, it's getting some table time, especially with all its expansions that kind of flooded the market at a discount rate. That's Rivet Wars Eastern Front. 57 for me is down 30 spots from last time. And it just doesn't get as much play as it used to. And I thought it would with the new expansion. That's Seven Wonders. My number 56 is up 12 spots. That's Battle Lore Second Edition. There's no new content coming out for it, but there's still a lot of love out there. 56 for me is Queen Bra. This was uh, up 11 from last year. And it's still just this clever, fantastic uh, Euro game that just the more I play it, the more I uh, uncover and really enjoy about it. My number 55 is up nine spots, mainly because it recently got its flight expansion. That's Memoir 44. 55 for me is Legends of Andor. This is clustering all the three games together. Down 32 spots from last year. Still love the way this one does adventure gaming, but the final expansions just aren't as strong as the early content, so it was a bit of a letdown. My number 54 is up eight spots, mainly because it's Kickstarter kind of refreshed it in the minds of gamers. That's Fresco. 54 for me, the Castles of Burgundy. This is down 44 spots from last time, if only because it was supplanted by a few other games that fit the same length and weight. My number 53 game is down five spots, but still high up there. And, uh, you know, it's a splatter, man. It's antiquity. Number 53 for me, Seven Wonders Duel, down 38 spots from last time, although I did make this list before I discovered the app, so I might jump back up next year. This is still one of my favorite two-player games around, but it has not gotten as much play as it did early on. My number 52 is down 27 spots. That's Carson City, the big box edition. Wonderful production, not getting the table time, and mainly because people are kind of afraid of a high-pressure worker placement game. 
Number 52 for me is Dinosaur Island, went up 11 spots from last year. With the expansion, as you said, getting a lot more play and therefore getting to explore more of what it can do. There are some issues, of course, but this still remains one of my favorite uh, midweight heroes in the last few years. Number 51 is down 20 spots for me. That's Concordia. Despite its recent Venus full box expansion, it's just still not getting the table time despite all the maps and everything out there. Still a wonderful game. That's Concordia. Number 51 for me is Twa. This is down 16 spots from last year. This is still one of my favorite Euros around, period. But because of Black Angel, I've been playing that a little bit more and this one a little bit less. And I guess it takes a little bit down and as they average each other out. My number 50 game is down 28 spots, primarily because its app has just drained out the tabletop you know, gamer market here. That is, through the ages, a new story of civilization. Number 50 for me is Macau. This is up 15 spots from last year, and that's probably because I found a copy. So <laughs> I'm going to have to be able to get this to the table fairly frequently. My number 49 is down 30 spots, and primarily because people are not liking the slapping around a little bit these days, and that's Rising Sun. Number 49 for me is City of the Big Shoulders. This is a brand new one, jumped up on the list for me. It combines some elements of 18xx, some elements of big heavy games like Arkwright, and then pure worker placement and it's just a fantastic fun relatively i say relatively quick experience compared to like 18xx if you're looking for something comparable but not nearly that heavy city of the big shoulders at number 49 my number 40 is down 31 spots and i'm classifying this as german quote russian railroads the german version is great but the german version is out of print so therefore the german version never sees the table and that's why the German version is down 31 spots. Number 48 for me is Dominant Species. This is up four spaces. Gotten a really new appreciation for this game, playing some older worker placement games that do similar things, and just thinking Dominant Species does it a little bit better. So here it is on my list. Number 47 is up three spots for me, and that's Glory to Rome. This is a classic game and one of the best tableau builders out there. All right, number 47 for me, 878 Vikings, Invasions of England. This is down 10 spots from last year. Still one of my favorite war games on the table and just fantastic asymmetrical combat. My number 46 game is down 11 spots. That's the Manhattan Project, Energy Empire. Still a wonderful, great game, but a little crunchy for people in that general market. Number 46 for me, Mage Knight, the board game. Down 35 from last year. It was very high last time because I was playing a lot of solo games. I still love this game. One of my favorite solo games, period. Just not getting as much play as I've gotten out of the house a little bit more <laughs> this year. My number 45 game is up 30 spots. And primarily because when you play so many new games, you have a fond wish to jump back to the classic games that made gaming so well. And that's Dominion. Number 45 for me is Leaving Earth. This is down only 12 spots from last year. And this is just such a fun simulation with lots of puzzle, lots of math. It is difficult to get other people to play it with you, though. So similar reason as Mage Knight. It drops down a little bit because I don't play it as much solo, but I still absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite space games. My number 44 is up 29 spots. That's Everdell. I know that there is a great Pearl Brook expansion and other expansions that are coming out on Kickstarter. I haven't been able to pick those things up yet, but because of the Kickstarter, because of the table time, it's still getting some great table play. Number 44 for me, Robinson Crusoe Adventures on the Cursed Island. It's down just six spots. 
This is still one of my favorite uh, cooperative games. The storytelling elements are fantastic. There's a lot of great content for this, including the Mystery Tales expansion. That's why it's number 44. My number 43 is up 27 spots, the Quacks of Quinlanburg. This is a wonderful press your luck game. Recently got an expansion that made the game so much better. And there's so many new kind of 3D printer pieces that you can use for the game. Fantastic. Number 43 for me is Navigador. This is up 21 spots. This is kind of turning out to be my favorite Matt Gertz game. My number 42 game is up 13 spots. That's Mission Red Planet 2nd Edition. It is a wonderful game that is still kind of hard to pick up and find, but does a lot of things right. Number 42 for me is Gloomhaven. This is similarly all about the campaign material. Have not been able to play it as much because of that and completed about as much as I can get done. So it's down 26 spots from last year. Still absolutely love it. Don't see it leaving the list anytime soon, but not getting as much play. So that's 42 is Gloomhaven. My number 41 game is up 11 spots primarily because it's a felt, it's colorful, and it's fun to play. That's Bora Bora. Number 41 for me is Battlelore Second Edition. Down 13 spots from last year, but still heavily in the mix as one of my favorite two-player games. My number 40 game is up one spot. It's Cuba. Cuba is does a lot of things right, but the one thing it doesn't do right is it's out of print. Number 40 for me is Keyforge, Call of the Archons, and or Worlds Collide. The first release of this was fantastic. The most recent release, the third expansion, just makes the game that much better. I've played this more than any other game in the last year and a half, and good for good reason. It's one of my favorite card games that's been released in the last decade or so. My number 39 game is down one spot, and that's Last Will. It's so much fun to build up an engine, break it down, and have fun with friends. Number 39 surged onto the list as one of my favorite asymmetrical political games, 1960, The Making of the President. This reminds me of what it felt like to play Twilight Struggle, but without all the frustration and rules overhead. Fantastic game. Jumps on the list here all the way up at number 39. My number 38 game is down one spot, but up against Last Will. This is the Prodigals Club. I didn't think Last Will could be done any better, and here it is, the Prodigals Club. 38 for me is Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures game. Up nine spots from last year. Second edition content certainly helps it along the way, but also the fact that my son is growing interested in playing the game has gotten into the table more. My number 37 game is down three spots. That's Rococo, primarily because you can't find the expansion, which is out of print, but still a great game. Number 37 for me is Clans of Caledonia. Only went down one spot from last year. Still absolutely love this game. It's a solid, fantastic Euro game that gets a lot of play. My number 36 is down 21 spots, primarily because I haven't played the new expansions that might bring it back up. That's Dracarion Legends of Illusion. Number 36, I was surprised wasn't on my list before, but it wasn't, probably because I didn't play it as much before. That's First Class All Aboard the Orient Express. It is now number 36. It was not on my list last year at all. I know, but it is one of my favorite card games around and just a fantastic implementation in a much lighter package of what Russian Railroads does. My number 35 game is down 21 spots. That's Feudum, primarily because I've gotten this to table a lot and it is completely frustrated other gamers at the table i know it has some recent expansions on kickstarter that are coming up I haven't been able to track them down but when i do maybe the game will pop back up 35 for me is anachrony this is another game from mind clash that does so many clever amazing things of worker placement it is down 14 spots from last year but that doesn't speak to its quality so much as all the other games that kind of jumped ahead of it 
My number 34 game is new to the list. And it's actually a new game. The only question was where it was going to land. And it landed at number 34, Wingspan. Number 34 for me is Antique 2. This is another Matt Gertz game. And just a really fun, clever use of the area control mechanic in a rondelle in a way that I haven't really seen in other games. My number 33 is a brand new reprint. It was a Kickstarter. I didn't get a copy, but I got a chance to play. I usually don't push for the Deluxified Edition, but here it is a necessary play here. So it's Gente's Deluxified Edition. All right, number 33 for me is Three Kingdoms Redux. This is a beautiful three-player only worker placement auction game that is brutally cutthroat and very clever in how you utilize your cards and your generals to take certain actions. Had so much fun playing this and absolutely looking forward to getting it more plays at the table. My number 32 game is back on the list. This is Star Trek Ascendancy. If you're not playing Twilight Imperium 4, this is probably where you'd like to go, especially if you're a Trekker. All right. So 32 on the list for me is Tramways from Alvin Viard. This is my favorite game of his. It was 32 last year as well and still has one of the best deck building and action selection mechanics I've seen in a game like this, distilling down the train and 18xx style mechanics. My number 31 game is up 36 spots. That's Mara Nostrum Empires. There's a lot of reasons to play games that were dudes on the map, but this game does it so incredibly well. All right, number 31 for me. There's a whole bunch of these games coming up, but this is one of my most favorite recent editions of it is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. 31 last year as well. The dice placement, the brutally tight mechanics. Absolutely love this game. My number 30 is up 52 spots. You know, it's a game that I've played a lot and always appreciated, but forgot about, and now it's back on the list. That's Citadels. 30 for me is PAX Premier 2nd Edition. I'd never played it before, so it only now makes it on my list. But this is not quite my favorite Cole Worley game, but very close. My number 29 is new to the list, and it was a recent Kickstarter that was eventually able to get to the table. Played a bunch of times, love Tableau building, it's Villagers. 29 for me, fell 17 from last year. That's Caverna, the Cave Farmers. I was hoping that the new expansion with the asymmetrical powers would bump this one up the list, but it did not, has not gotten as much play as it used to. So it falls down a little bit this year. My number 28 game is an out-of-print game that was not on the list until this year. Uh, big thanks to Dave. It's Star Wars The Queen's Gambit. Yes, it is as good as people say. 28 for me is one of my first and still one of my favorite heavier to medium weight Euros, and that's Power Grid. It's down 10 from last year, but still sits prominently on my shelf with all of its maps always ready to be played. My number 27 game is up three spots, and if it's going to be any version, it's going to be this version. It's Brass Birmingham. 27 for me is Arkwright. This is the heaviest game on my list. Got a chance to play it, though, a little bit more than I have before, and it is just fantastic. It goes deep. It goes long. You can play a shorter version. You can play a longer version, but no matter what you do, there is so much decision weight in this game, and it is immensely satisfying. My number 26 game is up 40 spots, primarily because it's getting so much table time, and it's just perfect in its new iteration. That's Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. 26 for me is Shakespeare. It's up 30 spots. And it's because I've just, I got it back to the table earlier in the year and realized nothing really does what this does as well as it does. And I just absolutely love it. I've been playing it a lot more than I used to. My number 25 game is up two spots. 
still a fantastic game. It's Amerigo. 25 for me is Blood Rage. It's only down one spot from last year. Not getting as much play as it used to, but it's still just one of the best dudes on a map games out there. My number 24 game is up 20 spots, primarily because every time I play other games, I wonder about building a tower of people and how fantastic that's going to be in a board game. That's Castell. 24 for me is Teotihuacan, City of Gods, up 33 from last year. Hadn't had a ton of time to play it at the end of 2018, but a full year later, plus an expansion, makes this one of my favorite games of all time. My number 23 game is up six spots, primarily because when you think about area control games, there's so many games out there, but I keep coming back to this one just because it does it so well with its many expansions. That's Small World. 23 for me is Star Wars Rebellion. After a streak of playing this several times in a row over the summer, it rocketed up 32 spots on my list. One of the best Star Wars games, one of the best two-player games out there. Absolutely love it. My number 22 game is down 14 spots, surprisingly enough, primarily because some people at the table have had a little problem with it here and there. So you got to find the right group for it. And when you do, it's a lot of fun. That's Dominant Species. 22 for me is in the exact same spot as last year, Arkham Horror, the card game. This has continued to release regular content, all sorts of new crazy mechanics, changing up the mix, and remains one of the best LCGs on the market. My number 21 game is a classic game that's unfortunately out of print, but still up three spots because it's so wonderful. That's Rune Wars. 21 for me is Lisboa. This is Vital Lacerda's epic game about the rebuilding of Lisbon. And it is up nine spots from last year, where I had it at 30. I've gotten a chance to play it a couple more times lately, especially more time with the solo. And it's just the intricacies here really just make the game pop. My number 20 game is down 17 spots, primarily because I'm playing the app so much that it's getting a little dry here and there. That's Seven Wonders Duel. 20 for me is Root. This is up 21 spots from last year. It's another game that just hadn't been played as much through 2018, and I've gotten a lot more chances to explore and try different factions this year. I am beyond excited for the new content coming out next month. It's just so much fun to try out all the different things and different strategies that you can in a game like this. That's why it's at number 20 for me. My number 19 game is up two spots. A great game and so thematic when you play it. It's first class all aboard the Orient Express. Number 19 for me is such a clever Euro, and I kick in myself I hadn't played it before, and I kick in myself I don't have the deluxe version. And that's Gentis. My number 18 is down two spots, but is a wonderful, fantastic two to four player game. If you're going to play a war game, dudes on the map, 878 Vikings, Invasions of England. 18 for me is Nations. This was 34 last year, so it's up 16 spots. And it's just solidified itself as my favorite all-around Civ building game. My number 17 game is down 16 spots, which means that this was my number one game last year. That's Spirit Island, primarily because with all of the new expansions out there, there's a lot more combinations when you get those gods out to the table and they don't all really work very well. And the player count at the larger numbers doesn't really work or play well very long. So it got bumped down a bit, but it's still our num my number 17. 17 for me is the Voyages of Marco Polo. It's still down only four spots from last year. Has not been getting played as much, but as if hearing me from beyond, the designers released the Marco Polo 2. So we'll be talking about that here in the next couple of weeks. This is my favorite 
worker placement slash dice placement game out there, hoping that the new version brings it back to the table more. My number 16 is down six spots, primarily because I probably haven't gotten the expansion yet. That's Star Wars Rebellion. 16 for me is up 62 spots. That's Food Chain Magnate. I have been playing a lot of Splatter games lately, and they're all amazing. So here you go. It's up on the list. <laughs> My number 15 game is down just one spot, and it's very angry about that. That's a blood rage. <laughs> uh, number 15 for me is Russian Railroads. It's actually up four spots. I know there's no new content, and I know half of it's out of print, but I have all the content, and I've been getting it to the table semi-regularly and just always amazes me how much I like this one. My number 14 game is down two spots just because no one really has a copy of it except for me, and it doesn't get as much table time. And it's still such a fantastic game. That's Dominaire. Number 14 for me is Imperial Settlers. And I'm kind of lumping in Empires of the North here. I know they're separate games, but that all that new content for Imperial Settlers just means more people were willing to play it, which means I'm playing it a bunch more and testing out new ideas and new decks, and it's bumped it up three spots this year. My number 13 is up five spots, and that's The Voyages of Marco Polo. I recently got a chance to play The Voyages of Marco Polo 2, which just made me love The Voyages of Marco Polo a lot more, at least five more. <laughs> number 13 for me is The Gallerist. I've been spending a lot of time in 2019 looking through my Vital Lacerda games because several new ones have been released or about to be released. The Gallerist still comes out as my favorite, and the fact that playing it more means it's moved up even higher, moved up 16 spots from last year. My number 12 game, which is up 30 spots, is Terraforming Mars, primarily because I finally slogged my way through the endless numbers of expansions. My friends, stick with Prelude, throw colonies every in every once in a while, and you have a lot of fun with it. Number 12 for me is Lord of the Rings, The Living Card Game. This is down five spots from last year, so it's out of my top 10, but it still remains one of my favorite all-around IP experiences. The only thing that's bringing it down is the fact that there's three games now with similar mechanics, including Marvel Champions. So there's just so many different ways to play it, but it's still one of my favorites. I have a ton of content for it, and I'm always looking forward to playing it. My number 11 is up 17 spots primarily because playing Seven Wonders Duel has made me realize how much I love Seven Wonders and its number of expansions that are out there. It's really a fantastic game and deserves to play a lot more. Number 11 for me is Suburbia, up three spots from last year. This is still my favorite city building game, but that big collector's edition, oh boy, that, that got it back on the map. People are willing to play it. There's new content. There's new stuff in the app. It's suburbia everywhere, and it's making me happy. <laughs> my number 10 game was off my list, primarily because I had enough of colonization for a while. But here it is, back on the list, Empire's Age of Discovery. For me, number 10 is Spirium. This was in my top 10 last year. It dropped just one spot, and it's the same problem I have every year. Nobody wants to play it. But it's still amazing, and you should all play it. If you see me at a con, ask if we want to play Spirium. Just saying. I just mentioned kind of being over and done with colonization and this game popped off the list last year, primarily because of that, but I brought it back because it's still a fantastic game for all the mechanics and everything it does. That's Mombasa. Number nine for me didn't actually make my list last year, which was a big oversight. I just didn't play it until right after we made the list and that's underwater cities. Now it's in my top 10 because it is an incredible game and I will, cut through a jungle to find the expansion for this when it finally comes out. 
My number eight game is up two spots because there's so many versions out there and it just reminds me of the best version possible. Roll for the Galaxy. Number eight for me. I mentioned I've been playing a lot of splatter games. This is the one I've been playing the most and it's now probably my favorite, The Great Zimbabwe. My number seven game is down two spots primarily because it just does not get the table time it deserves and many people haven't played it. It's Rondell's for days, my friends. It's Shipyard. Number seven for me is Brass Birmingham. It is down only one spot from last year. It's still such an amazing upgrade over Brass Lancashire. Just small little changes just absolutely amplify everything that makes this game great. My number six game is up one spot. It's colorful. It's fun. It's a tableau builder that Feld does best. It's Bruges, especially with expansion. Number six over here, up two spots from last year cementing itself as my favorite all-around Uwe Rosenberg game, A Feast for Odin. My number five game is up four spots. The only reason why it's not higher is because it doesn't get the table time because of the length. And because it's two players, that's War of the Ring, second edition. All right. My number five is one of the best co-op games ever made. I have not played it as much as I would love to play, but I know there's new content coming soon. But Spirit Island is just such a spectacular experience. I wish it was a little bit easier to teach and get to the table, especially now that people are a little cooler on it. It's a little bit older, but it's still just, it's top five material all around. My number four game was on my list last year and it jumped 41 spots. Woo. It is Underwater Cities, as Anthony mentioned. Fantastic game, does everything right. And the things it doesn't do right, looks like it's going to be fixed with its expansion. All right, yeah, number four for me is Terraforming Mars. This was exactly the same spot last year, and I've played it exactly the same number of times as I did the year before. So I think I like this game, and nothing has changed about that at all. My number three game is down one spot from last year, and it was my original number one game. It does not get the table time it deserves. It was supposed to get a reprint recently, but still is a top-notch game. That's Defenders of the Realm. Number three for me is, despite not getting as nearly as many plays in 2019 as I did in 2018, is still just one of my favorite gaming experiences that I can have. That's Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. My number two game is up 11 spots, primarily because it got the best expansion that you could possibly imagine for it. Rise to Fenris, number two, gets all the table time because of that expansion, Whoa. Scythe. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Number two for me, same as last year, again, hasn't changed, Gaia Project. I absolutely love Terra Mystica. You'll notice it's not on my list, and that's because Gaia Project has essentially completely replaced it for me. That said, Terra Mystica has a new expansion coming this year and next year, so we'll see what happens. My number one game is up five spots from last year, and, you know, when you play a lot of the hotness games, especially as a podcaster, you always have to play new games. And as you're playing more and more of these new games, you just think back to the game that you really do love, the game that had thematic gameplay, had historical content, had tableau building, had building up cities, had interesting and dynamic card play, had wonderful artwork from inside and out the box. This is my 2019 top 100 game, Lisboa. All right, yeah. Uh, I can't argue with that one. Uh, for me, it is the same game that's been every year. 
has not changed and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. I don't know that you can replace the epic thematic and just wholly satisfying and yet sometimes incredibly infuriating <laughs> mechanics of War of the Ring, uh, the second edition. It just, it scratches an itch in a way that no other game can. You know, I mentioned Star Wars Rebellion surged up my list, but it's still nowhere close to this for me. And I don't know when a game will reach that point. And that's with not having even explored all of the depths of what the expansion content can do. So War of the Rings second edition is still my number one game of all time. All right, so there you have our top 100 games for 2019. But before we go, Anthony, a bit of a memoriam for the games that dropped off our top 100 list. Why don't you give us a little bit of a run through of what didn't make it this year? Yeah, I got a bunch. <laughs> it was a bloodbath when I made my list. Um, special shout out to the Pub Meeple ranking engine because that's how I built my list this year. I put in every game I'd ever played, owned, or ranked. <laughs> it was about a thousand. Um, on BGG, and I ranked them all. It took a couple weeks. And that's how just so many games just got shot out and new ones came in. So off the list this year for me, Lords of Waterdeep, Hero Realms, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, and all, most of these are just I don't play them anymore. Viticulture, Stuffed Fables, Ice Cool, Medici, Five Tribes, King Domino, Great Western Trail, Zolkin, The Mayan Calendar, Glenmore, the Speakerstadt, Patchwork, which that one was kind of sad for me, Yggdrasil, despite having a copy recently, actually, Arcadia Quest, Rhino Hero, Baseball Highlights 2045, Amerigo, another sad one for me, uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, The Princes of Florence, Yokohama, San Juan 2nd Edition, Mombasa, Castles of Burgundy, the card game, and the highest rated game that was on my list last year, but not this year, is Empire's Age of Discovery. I think that was at around 40. Wow, you're not kidding, Bloodbath. Yeah, I know, but so many good games <laughs> made the list, and there were some other ones, and I'm like, no, I can't kick anything else off this list. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yep. Well, for me, there was not as big of a Bloodbath, but there were some reasons why these games didn't make the list. The Lord of the Rings, the card game, great game but it seems to be about done. And the recent app that came out is not so great. So it's kind of actually soured people's perception of the card game. So it's getting passed on. The Duke, I love the Duke. It's sitting in my office right now, trying to get some play out the table. But again, because it's somewhat close to chess, it's not getting the table time. Photosynthesis, love the trees, want to get to the table, but people a little bit over and done with the game. Stone Age recently got a reprint, and people were so-so about it, especially with the price, so it kind of got passed on. The Speakerstadt, uh, out of print, and the Vikings version, your Rick, has been out for quite some time, and it has been souring people to the Speakerstadt. Seasons, once was the game, so to speak, for everything that it could do, but it did a little too much, and it just didn't hang around so much. Sentinels of the Multiverse, multiple, multiple expansions. Super big fan of it, but there's so much out there, and its last expansion kind of crushed gameplay. The Oracles of Delphi, a great felt game, but it's mostly a chase game despite all its pieces. Century Golem Edition, love to have the Golem Edition, but there's just so many other better games out there right now. Too Many Bones Undertow, a lot of game, but way too much time these days. And finally, a game that had the highest spot on my list, 
that got bounced was Lorenzo El Magnifico. I never thought this would happen, but with its recent expansion in Kickstarter that I picked up, it mm. just became a little too much and everyone was kind of soured on it and I was just frustrated with the game. I missed the original version of it, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> Especially the terrible app. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that app. I guess I didn't take that into account with my ranking because it didn't change. <laughs> yeah, it did, it did a lot of bad things, my friend. So any overall feeling about this year and about the list? Yeah, I mean, I, mine changed a lot more than I thought it would. The The big thing for me was the number of new games, but the number of those new games that weren't actually new. So I was worried I had too much hotness, but then looking back through everything, I'm like, no, a lot of these games are just old games I'd never played before and finally got to the table this year. Like new, new games, I think there was seven or eight that made the list. And that even a couple of those were even just like Kickstarter reprints. So I feel good about it. It's not too much Cult of the New, at least. Yeah, for me, as, as you mentioned, there's a lot of Cult of the New out there. So it always seems like those are going to be the games that kind of take over. But in fact, what has happened is because those games kind of came out there, were kind of a little too much as far as like coming out with 15 different expansions or there was already a better game that had done it already. So, for example, Lisboa, my number one game, just because, you know, Vitalis sort of knows how to do, you know, worker placement and tableau building and just thematic gameplay that makes a lot of sense. And the artwork is fantastic, so it jumps up there. Scythe, with its brand new expansion, finally hit the mark. And that's why that jumped up 11 spots. I'm surprised as much as anybody, but it really deserves that number two spot for me. And of course, Underwater Cities was on my list, jumped 41 spots because it is so refined. And it was the game that as soon as I played it and then got to play it again, I was like, I need to buy all of these ridiculous 3D printer kind of versions of the tokens, yeah. <laughs> no matter what the price is, because I literally love this game. And thankfully, the expansion will have better boards. Doesn't solve the uh, the component problem, but nonetheless, the just the passion to get those pieces made a big difference for me, and that's why it raised so high on my list. All right, so that's everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll always save you our number one spot. listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.